This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, welcome to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Um... The theme music is playing in the background, um, more as a request from Mr. Joe Zambo, who joins us tonight. He's, um, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that he's, he's writing down his show notes by the looks of it. <laughs> How are you doing, guys? Are you, I'm all, oh. all good, all good. And uh, and we've got the one and only Gracie, who's had a barnet cut. Um, I would love to have a barnet cut, but unfortunately... <laughs> I am follically challenged for a long while now. I am what they class as uh, the proper Millwall haircut. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. So, welcome to the show, Gracie. You all right, fella? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You? You well? I'm oh, good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all good. Yeah. All right, Joe, you good? Yeah, good, thanks. Love, loving your hair, mate. It's really nice. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Don't mess it up. You ruined it now. <laughs> Got a touch up in the old air, yeah. It's made you. It's made you look about sixteen again, fella. Do you know what I mean? Well, do you know? I wanted to recapture my youth. I mean, we've got. To, I've got to ask it. Um, you know, it's probably really, really unprofessional and um, and all of that, Jade, um, Gracie. But um, how was the Sunderland show tonight? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Let's leave it in that show. Was he on the, was the Sunderland podcast, was you? Right. So, yeah, I went on a Sunderland. I, I don't even know the name of it. Um, RWS or something, can it? Yeah, really. I don't know. It was a bit strange. RWS um, Productions or something it's called. Listen, it's a new yeah. kid starting out, so everyone needs to start somewhere. But, um, yeah, it's a bit strange. Check it out. We'll put the uh, description in the in uh, in the show notes of this show and uh, and have a check out. Um, yeah, if you're uh, if you're sitting on the bog and you want to watch it, it's probably going to give you a good ten minutes, fifteen minutes of um, entertaining TV. Uh, anyway, let's um let's let's move forward and be professional. Uh, we're joining it midweek after our uh, one-all draw with uh, Sunderland. With some controversial decisions, some shit refereeing, even shittier linesmen, and a offside decision. What well, probably was an offside. Technically, if you read the lines, I think he's very open to um, various communications. I mean, uh, Phil Clark. Good evening, Phil. Good morning, Phil. Good afternoon, Phil. Uh, whenever you're listening to this, I just saw a cover all basis. 
Uh, he posted something earlier, um, someone posting about the decision and the rules and everything else, and uh, it seems as if it was very open. But let's crack on, and we'll start with you, Mr. Zampa. Um, thoughts on Sunderland? Uh, I don't think they, they, they gave us much of a problem, to be fair. I mean, the first half, I can't recall them sort of troubling us or creating many chances. I thought we were in control. Um, you know, we've, we we created chances. Okay, there were pretty half chances. Uh, early on, right to the beginning, I think, if I remember right, I think Honeyman that put Bradshaw through on the right channel. He cuts in. Their defender basically pulls him down, gets his hand over his shoulders, and he brings him down the box. Okay, Bradshaw kind of goes down a little bit more theatrically than he needed to, but it was a perfect claim for a penalty there. Referee just waved it away, wasn't interested. Um, you know, I, I remember the, the Bennett chance. Again, it was Honeyman that pulled the ball across the Bennett. Um, that chance was uh, was nowly missed with one of the posts. Um, and, of course, there was a Cresswell chance before half-time. I think it was a scramble corner, and he sort of swiveled, did he, on the ball and went over, over the bar. So we had two or three chances there that first half, a couple of chances the second half. Um, and overall, I was quite pleased with the way we played. Um, I think we... Whether the Sunderland played badly, made us look good, I'm not quite sure, but I think I wasn't really impressed with Sunderland. And one while, I think they'd be quite lucky, quite fortunate for Sunderland to come away with a point where I think really for us it was two points dropped, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what we said on the live show the other day. I mean, Alex, you, you were obviously there up high in the, in the God section. Um, what was your take on it? Claire, <clears throat> um, geez, it I thought, at the end of the game, I thought, do you know what, a draw is fair result. But at the end of it, um, I felt both teams had spells. I felt first half was really, you know, scrappy first half, wasn't it? You know, there was a lot of challenges going in. It seemed like every five minutes there was a free kick or there was bits, bobs, other crap going on that you're thinking, really, you know, just let the game flow. Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't let the game flow, did he at all? He was he was stop starting, pulling people apart, and all that sort of shit. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, the game wasn't allowed to to flow, and that's what sort of um, Tony Mowbray said actually in his post match press conference. He was saying that it was frustrating more than anything because neither team were able to actually get out and play their game, um, which is quite right to be honest in that. In that opening first half, uh, I thought the second half was good, um, but I, as a whole, I thought the game was a good advert for Championship football. Um, yeah, really yeah, yeah. With two teams who actually, and a point suited both teams because neither team wanted to lose, and if you think about it, a point kept both of them in the rack. You know, both of them in and around that area coming into or. During February, which is a, it's a crazy month, I think I think we got seven games in February. So yeah, this is uh, off. Sure this is our only week off, and it's this is our only yeah. week off. And then we go, then we go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Then we then and uh, yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interesting one. Then the beginning of we got March in, and then the beginning of April we've got obviously the Easter weekend. Um, and again, we've got you know Fridays, Friday, Monday. Um, so yeah, we've got we've we've got some games. Um, it also looks like Luton won't be rearranged either because they're three 0 down at Grimsby at the minute in the FA Cup. So 
that looks like that will actually take place when it's supposed to take place. Who's winning between? Isn't it? That's like Tuesday night. I think that one isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Night, night. Oh, I think. Yeah. Um, who's winning between Sheffield United and Wrexham? Oh, it was one 0 to Sheffield United. Then Exmoning just scored a cracking penalty, so it's now. Oh, so it's one all. Wow, I'm on. I mean, that. To be fair, right? As much as I want Sheffield United to win that, purely so that they end up fucking up the league, but that's got everything written all over it to be an absolute fucking movie in the making there. And if they if they beat Sheffield and go on, I mean, who have they got next? Is it? West Ham menu, who is it? Menu in it? No, oh Tottenham, I think. Oh Tottenham, let's say Tottenham. I think Tottenham go there if they win. Yeah, I mean that'd be a big draw for them. But Christ, yeah, I can't see the Welsh police being too happy with fucking Tottenham going there. To be fair, but yeah, that'd be fun oh, and games, okay. especially when um, Ryan Reynolds done a that welcome to Wrexham um, piece on hooligans, didn't he? Explaining what hooligans were. That could be an interesting one for him. So. Uh, yeah. Um, we're winning to Saturday's game. Quite disappointed that, um, or I know you were, Joe, um, because you put the team sheet up like we uh, we do before the game. We we sort of make a guess, or Joe makes a guess, of um, who's going to be the starting eleven, And he normally gets in first so that we can't all put one in and say, well, you copied us, so he gets it in first. And he put Hutchinson in the team, and unfortunately Hutchinson is injured for three weeks. Yeah. Did we miss eight I still don't know the extent of his injury, um, but yeah, Sarah's going to be out for sort of at least a minute or two or three weeks. And to be fair, I don't think Cresswell did too badly against Sunderland on Saturday. Um, I don't recall him sort of you know making too many mistakes or putting a foot wrong. Uh, he made some real crucial tackles. I think for the goal that Heyman scored, if you look back at that, it was actually his initial tackle. He did like a double tackle. Then he won the ball. The ball was played over across to, uh, to Bennett. And then, of course, Bennett then had the, uh, I think it was a shot from, from Fleming and then Sabal's offside, which then was disallowed but where Huntington put the, the ball away. So, Crespo, I think, generally had a, had a fairly good game. I think he was quite commanding, he looked quite confident, he looked good on the ball, his distribution weren't too bad. So, um, the trouble with, with um, did I say Fleming, sir? I'm at Crespo. The trouble with Crespo is the consistency, isn't it? Because we've seen him do it from time to time before. He'll have a good game. Maybe I've even have two good games in a shot, and then suddenly the third game, it's just it's just calamity. Cresswell, like it's just you know missing missing uh, the intended pass, miss the opponent, or lose the ball, or you know just do so out of the, the extraordinary, and uh, everyone gets on his back again. Unfortunately, did you, yeah. Did you did you know that Joe's real job is writing tabloid headlines for national newspapers? Can we? What was the other one? Vagina, vagina, vagina vlog, slammer, and all of that. So yeah, he's a match yeah. I know. I so, do you think it was probably should be a troll there? I'm not a troll, obviously. No, I'm you're not a troll. troll. I've never, no. I never boo a Millwall player. I never give him, you know, hard time. No, no. Joe's not a troll. He's, he's bigger than four foot eleven. Um, <laughs> just, just four foot eleven and a half. But yeah, no. Yeah. And do you think it was? Uh, I saw some um, people on Twitter. Saying that it was probably the best game Creswell's played in a Millwall shirt. I think it's definitely one one of them. Um, he has had a couple of good ones um, near the start. I think if you remember when he first mm. played, there when he scored, yeah, he looked pretty good, didn't he? Yeah, and um, I don't know. It just it just seemed to have this kind of appetite. I think for the game. I mean, I was looking at him. I was comparing him to Ballard, 
I don't know whether many other people, any other listeners uh, would agree with that. I was kind of making sort of comparisons between Ballard and him. And Ballard looked quite good, looked quite comfortable. He was quite assured at the back, weren't he? I think, you know, he didn't look out of sorts. Um, but looking at Ballard, he didn't look like anything amazing for me. Um, a couple of times, I think Fragshaw kind of got the better of him. I mean, one thing I must say, again, I sound really dreadful when I'm saying this. I feel like I'm always giving players a hard time. I've, I've always said Bradshaw is shit at holding the ball up. He can't play as a target man role. The ball never sticks to him. But to be fair, against Sunderland, he held the ball up really, really well. There's many times the ball was played into him. His touch was good. He'll lay it off. I think he helped. He, he, he did, you know, held, held the line really well up front there. But um, yeah, Ballard didn't look that, that impressive, to be honest with you. I didn't think he was that great. Whereas Cresswell, I thought, looked like the better player of the two of them. So that's quite controversial because, I mean, again, you know, Phil Clark, hello, mate. Um, he's, he's posted some good tweets this week, so I'm probably going to name check him a bit this week. But yeah, um, he posted about, you know, was was Ballard one of the worst decisions not taking him? You know, should we have really gone for Ballard and tried to get him in? Because in the current team, he would give us, uh, you know, he, he was good for us when he was in. And then obviously... Um, we didn't want to. We didn't want to make that payment because we saw something dodgy. I mean, the rumor is that you failed two medicals of us, um, and we wanted to take him on loan for another year before potentially buying him. Um, but do you think he would give us a real benefit if he was in the team now? I think he'd de- definitely be be a good player for us having our squad at the moment. The trouble is with with these sort of players carrying these injuries, you just can't guarantee, can you, from one game to the next whether they're going. to have have, a, have another episode of injury and be, be on the sidelines for sort of, you know, two, three, you know, four months. And we can't afford that. I mean, we've got two players at the moment, like sort of Leonard and Bennett and, you know, one or two others that, that do go injured, unfortunately, and do miss out a lot of game time for us. And I think Mill being extra cautious at the time, probably of bad others, you know what, is a risk too big to take. So I agree with Phil in a sense that, yeah, in hindsight, knowing that he's actually playing games at the moment, he, yes, he's pretty... Could have been a good signing for us. But if you remember when Sunderland signed him, he did get injured soon after, didn't he? And we were all kind of like... Oh, yeah, look. quite a while out as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We quite a while out. We bodged the corner there, didn't we? And, yeah, and he was out for some time, like, like Gracie says. But he's now playing again. I think he's played you know, quite a few games uh, consistently. And, and he seems he seemed okay. He looks okay against us. But, you know, God forbid... He could, he could break down next week, couldn't he? It's a couple of months. So yeah, it's a risk. I mean, it's a risk that's not really for the Tate. So I agree with Phil, but I think in our situation, we'll probably be careful, will we? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Sander Alex, what's your views on what's been said so far in Ballard and and Calamity Creswell? Creswell, that's quite a good name, isn't it? So yeah. uh, I think you'll like yeah. it, but yeah. No, I don't think you will like it too much, got to be honest. Um, now look, I've got to say, I think he was quite assured um, on on Saturday. I was a little bit worried when the team sheet came out because there was rumours going around all morning that Hutch was um, was out. Um, we did try and find out beforehand if he was out, but we didn't get very far trying to find that out. Um, but I am considering, you know, he was up against. Joe Gelhart, um, I was a little bit worried because I thought, you know, this guy scored goals in the Premier League for Leeds last year. Um, and then and then you sort of realise, oh, hold on a minute, they are teammates at Leeds. Um, but no, he dealt with everything he had to deal with quite well. Um, 
there wasn't really any occasions I was worried about him. Um, and of course, he's a big threat in the box from corners, set pieces. I mean, he scored four times this season, isn't he? So you know, he's he's clearly someone that, um, and I'd say in the future he will be someone who will be a lot more assured. Uh, yeah, no, I do think he's he's. At the minute, you can tell that he's that young defender that's still learning the trade. Um, and this loan spell would have been good for him, I, I think, if he played a few more games. Um, but obviously, when he was signed back in the summer, the the thought process was we'd still be playing with a back three or three centre-halves. Yeah. So he would have got a lot more game time. But obviously, he's not had that this year. I mean, I'm surprised Leeds didn't take up the option to recall him. Um, There's no need for him now, is there, really? They, they're they not going to want him and they don't want to take him back just in the off chance that he don't go back out. They want to develop him and get him playing football so that maybe next season they can bring him back. And also, not being funny, but Jesse had his own way of playing, didn't he? He, he had his... He did, He yeah, had his American sure. way of playing, you know, where you send your core back out to the left-hand side and throw him the ball. I oh, know, sorry. This, this, that's the wrong <laughs> game. Um... Uh, and yeah, I mean, look, you know, um, that's a round of controversial round there. Um, I did a video earlier for Pitch Football, and they uh, they asked you know for a couple of us to do some videos on who you think the next um, Leeds manager would be. And I said, there's only one man for the job. He's proven that he can take teams down. He is the only manager, probably in history, of a rival manager to bring Millwall fans together. And that is the one and only special agent, Avram Grant. Um, <laughs> that's the man to me who um, who should go to Leeds and take him down. Do you know, this season, realistically, we could see Everton, West Ham and Leeds potentially get relegated. That'd be terrific, wouldn't it? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that I... and we go up? Oh, well, we bypass. I'd, I'd, I'll tell you one thing. The Met Police would be happy about that if they come down and we went and, and, and they'd fight out my belly. They'd have a nine out yeah. in that. But I'll tell you, Joe, um, not Joe, um, Alex, one thing for you to answer. How was the press conference and was there anything in there um, what was of interest to a degree? Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Um, it wasn't, I mean, really. Um, Obviously, we found out about Hutch's groin injury. Um, we weren't told an extent of how long that could be, um, other than we were told weeks rather than days type thing. Um, we asked about Mason Bennett's injury, if he knew anything in the immediate aftermath of the game. Um, it's definitely a break of some sort from what they can... From what they can tell, because the oxygen came on, um, and he was down for quite a while, wasn't he? So the uh, results haven't, haven't come out yet. No one knows whether there's a a break or a very very sort of severe sprain, or we don't know. No, I mean it's definitely a break. I, uh, but, I mean, from what you could see when um, when the team were on the pitch treating him, you could tell. I mean, they did the break sign, um, and. The oxygen came out, which is two it's real funny. signs it's of a brain. Like pain threshold would be a bit of a pussy, maybe. Not think. I don't think so, mate. I don't <laughs> think so. 
I've got oh, this here. Yeah. I'm done it. I'm done it for Bennett now. I done. I done Voggy. I done Bradshaw. Who else is left? Bennett. Listen, mate. Listen, listen, right? Voggy's a big motherfucker, right? And you're giving it to him. Benny's a big lump too, and you're giving it to him. Chris Wood's quite a big lump too. He's a little fella, but he's quite a stocky little fella. That's right. I don't go to Do you know, one day, yeah, the problem is, yeah, if they watch this on YouTube, they're going to see your picture. One day you're going to be walking across the, walking across the car park, and Benny's just going to run you over in his fucking BMW. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know. I'm not like this. I know disabled signs. I'm not on the floor. We have a permanent sort of marker. We've got a couple of those Scooby Doo sort of episodes of little cars. I mean, it's sad for Bennett if he is a break because you know there is a good player. There is a good player in him. I'm just to the ease made of glass. Yeah, and you know, and also he's one of the nicest people that you get to talk to as well. Um, you know, we've interviewed him after games, um, and he is—he's—he's he's really, really nice. He's really genuine, um, and I think and, he's really and he's not really sure for I mean, he's very passionate about the club. I mean, looking back, when, when we score that goal, okay, it was just an hour of the honeymoon. I mean, they're all celebrating amongst themselves. But if you look at Bennett's reaction, he's gone up to the, uh, yeah, to, to, to the fans. He's really come up to the mill sports, really sort of going mental. Yeah, you can see how much it means to him and how much he wants us to do well. You know. I think he's the thing is, I think he's desperate to see the club do well. I think yeah. because Tom stood by him, you know, mm. yeah. with with all of his injury problems. I mean, he's had so many injury problems. I think um, I think he's, I think, and I'm not totally sure how accurate this is, but I think he's only completed 90 minutes once or twice. Oh, and yeah, Millwall. Yeah. It really does. I think it's the first, it's, it's, yeah, Millwall. It's the only team he's completed 90 minutes with as well, isn't it? Oh. We haven't mentioned it. What do you guys make of uh, of Watmore and uh, of Burke? Obviously, we've seen Burke before, but... I thought Watmore was all right. Yeah. I think Watmore like was quite, you know, he needs, he needs a bit more time um, on the field rather than fucking, which we'll come on to in a bit with Rarit's substitution timeline. But I think... Um, I think they look good. Um, it looks as if possibly he's going to be putting Burke up top, which could be interesting because Burke's got some terrifying pace. Um, as long as he stops wearing those fucking dodgy Crocs where he puts <laughs> on his Instagram page and some of the clothing he wears. But, you know, hey-ho, each to their own. Um, footballers have got more money than sense, but, yeah. Um, I saw him wearing an outfit the other day. I was sure he was like, he was wearing a, a Teletubby sort of outfit. Where he's like a sort of hood on there and... You know, I'm tempted to just. No, no, no. I'm just tempted to post. I'm, just not... I'm, te I'm tempted to post every time he posts something. Just no. put it on the story. Don't, put it on our storyline. Don't snitch. Just put it on the stories. Don't, don't. Every time, no, no. Every time he posts, every time he posts a picture of him wearing the dodgy Crocs or something, I'll just stick it on the on our story on Instagram and just keep sharing it and all of that and say, you know, I mean, I've dodgy. got this one that I can see, and he just. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's like he's in some form of onesie with a mask. That's what I think I saw. I think it's on like, yeah. Oh, really? Or Lala, or what they call Dipsy, or yeah. The um. Welcome to Joe. Welcome to that middle webcast where Joe will slant the players. <laughs> he won't throw them on the pitch, but he will give old fashioned tips. <laughs> I don't know why it's come out of my mouth. He could, to be fair, he could carry it off. I couldn't carry it off like he he can, but um. 
yeah, he seems to do right. But going back to the substitutions, I was just really impressed personally with with what more with Burt. And I think they didn't surprise me because I knew what they would give us. They will give us a bit of pace, a bit of directness. And you saw yeah. that right from the off. I think it's, it's almost like Watmore's first chance. Straight yeah. away, you know, he turned the old um, rockets on, didn't he? And, and just went, took the defender on, drove the ball, burped the sun similar on the other side. Uh, and, and straight away, our, our style of play just changed. We were set up for the counter. Uh, and yeah. that was yeah. really pleasing to see. I quite, I quite enjoyed that. Disappointing. Um, yeah, my, 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 one of my favourite players, um, Roxama. He um he come on, didn't do much for me, and it kind of played him out of the right a little bit. He kind of switched in the middle. But what was really interesting to see, and I wonder if many Mill fans saw this who was watching the game live, there was a moment where he sort of went out on the right on the right wing. Fleming had the ball, and he was looking at Volksam to make a move, and he actually did this signal. If you're not watching this and you're listening, he's actually clapping his hands like a little kid in the playground, you know, to a little kid, telling him to move, like go on, move. What are you doing? Like move on. And Vogsheimer didn't know what to do. And then, for enough, he might pass the ball back. And it was going mental at Vogsheimer. And then the ball went out of play. Vogsheimer weren't happy. And I'm pretty sure that it might have been Billy Mitchell, McNamara, that was trying to kind of calm Vogsheimer down. Because he didn't like the way how Fleming was telling him, come on, move, what are you doing? Just, you're just standing there, you know? And it's interesting to see Fleming do that because visually, you've done it to a big, big crowd. He's really got a few doubters, you know, I like myself, so I think it's fucking brilliant. But, I mean, you and the other Hayes arm regulars. Yeah, and he didn't do long so many, and he favours. The point I'm making is it must be quite frustrating for the players on the pitch as well, because they probably see it as well. Um, it's disappointing. And I know he's on the bench and you've got to use him. I would much rather see Essay come on if that's where you've got to play him on the right-hand side. If you had every intention to play Burke in the middle, what's the point of having Volksammer to play him on the right? And you've got Essay, who's been playing brilliantly there when Scotty comes on. So... It's, I don't quite get it to receive, yeah, but you know, it's quite interesting seeing um, Richard Cowley um, saying that you know because of Bennett's injury, SA is going to get more more pitch time. Um, Gary didn't I, say that in the post-match press conference. Actually, he yeah, um, and I he did, and I think that could be. I think that could yeah. be very, very interesting because if he gets if he gets a good ten games behind him running consistent on on a few games, you think that kid's going to be on fire? Well, the thing is, on players available at the moment, we are very light up front. Yeah, we've got um, we've got Bradshaw that could play up front. Um, Vog Sammer, yeah, you know, he allegedly can play up front. I thought I've seen they can't really do a job up front, but yeah, he can play up front. Rob Fleming could do a job up front. You've got the boy, Tom Lee, Leahy, Leahy, I've had you pronounce it, Gracie, is it yeah. Leahy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the under-23s, who I think is worth giving a go up front. But what's going to happen is now you're going to have a rotation of players playing across that attacking three, the likes of Honeyman, you've got Watmore, you've got Burke, you've got Fleming, uh, Essay as well, Volksara potentially. You know, So you've got players that will be rotating in different roles. Um, honorable mention for Honeyman, by the way, I thought he had a really, really, really good game. Again, he's had a few few knocks with a few supporters. You know, not particularly impressed with his performance um, in the Mill shirt. But I think... Man of the match. He looked up for I it. I thought he was very good, actually. He was. He was, to be fair. He was very unlucky with that chance the second half. Then you saw that one when I think it might have been... Um, was it Matt Lamar that pulled the ball across to him? Or, or, or And he hit this sort of shot. It went to the top corner. The kid made a really good save. 
And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. he looked, looked lively. Set a good chance for Bennett in the first half. A good chance um, for uh, for Bradshaw. Again, a goal disallowed. He just looked looked busy. He looked up for it. Whether it's because it was Sunderland, I don't know. They wanted to impress against his old club, but he, he certainly looked looked good. And um, I like to see him involved in the next sort of few games. Uh, but now Rose got to try and work out a system where he can play these players because. You've got Southwood and Mitchell that's going to play in midfield. You then got to decide who you're going to play on on that attacking three. You've got you've got uh, Burke, you've got Watmore, you've got Fleming, you've got Honeyman. So you've got four, yeah, fairly good players that are currently in form, or up in three sort of places there. And then of course you've got Bradshaw up front. But that could be quite an interesting thing because realistically you've got Bennett in and you've got Savile in the centre, and you've got what Shackleton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mitchell Shackleton. What did I say? Yeah. So then you've got Shackleton. Oh, Fleming, did I? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Mitchell and Savile. Um, and then potentially you've got Shack- Shackleton who could swap with one of them to suddenly put some yeah. fresh legs in, in, in that area. You've got probably Leonard got Honey. You've got Leonard coming back, yeah. So potentially you can swap the midfield halfway around. So realistically, with the five subs, give or take, yeah. we're not going to change the back four. But no, realistically, no. we could end up changing the attacking three and the centre midfield and the midfielders yeah. pretty much second half. But then the problem is with Gary, he loves that 75-minute bring on subs. When to me, I think realistically, if we're going to bring subs on, we need to bring them on at 60, 65 minutes and let them get into the game and do something to it. Because I think bringing them on too late um, is just a nightmare. I, I just yeah. personally... I think it's a nightmare bringing, you know, if I was a player and I was coming on at 75, it's going to take me a good 10 minutes to suddenly suss out the flow of the play. It's all right watching it and you think, yeah, it's quite a fast game, but it's going to take you to make sure that you get into it without fucking getting yourself injured. And then all of a sudden you're in it and before you know it, it's blown up and it's, it's game over. So 60, 65 minutes. You've got a good amount of time, 10 minutes to get in, then you've still got a good 15, 20 minutes left to make a a, a, a change um, to the game. I mean, I don't know, am I talking bollocks or do you boys agree? Well, I think, I think, yeah, I think... I, I thought you were going to say, well, actually, yeah, you are talking bollocks. Is that the players? Now he's coming after me. <laughs> The thing is, I think the Watmore one happened because it had to. Obviously, with Ben being injured, he was a natural replacement coming on. I think Burke needed to come on a bit sooner. I thought it was a little bit unfair. Was it Honeyman that came off for Burke, from memory? No, it yeah. was. No, no, it was Bradshaw. Bradshaw, well, come Bradshaw, Bradshaw came off. Bradshaw came off for Burke. Honeyman came off for Vogelsalmon, uh, Vogel yeah. Yeah. So you had Vogelsalmon and Burke come on together, I think, at the same time, if I remember rightly. Yeah, 75 minutes, yeah. And Honeyman gave off the pitch, didn't you, at the time? And that was quite late-ish in, in the game. So they've been good seeing Burke come on sooner um, as, a, as a single substitution. But again, who you take off? It'd be unfair to, to remove, you know, Fleming or Honeyman, who have many good games in that attacking three. Um, what I was quite um, surprised with is Rowett sticking with his existing players and not starting Watmore and Burke. Because what I did, it did two things. One, I think he respected his players to sort of say, right, although we've got Burke and Watmore, I'm not going to just start these guys, give them, you know, an easy easy sort of um, ride in the team there. 
Um, but what it also done in turn, in turn, I think it, it made the players who were picked to start, likes of Honeyman, the likes of Bennett before he got injured, to really kind of like you know pull their socks up and work their arse off and play well. And it did. They got a really good reaction from them. So I think they must be thinking to themselves, right, we've got two new signs on the bench here and want our, our shirt, want our, our position, our place. We're going to have to play for, to our, for our position. And I think they did. You know, and to be fair, they'll fall for Bennett now being injured because what ball will press like that position on the left-hand side? But there's still the argument now to say, right, do you drop Honeyman for Burke or do you start Honeyman and put Burke on the bench again for the next game? So... It'd be interesting how Rag plays against QPR, whether he goes with the same sort of team, whether he actually starts Burke. But I think there'll be some changes come the QPR game. I've got to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think there will be some. Um, obviously, there's going to be the one because Mason Bennett won't be able to start. Um, yeah, I think he'll be back again. Well, I personally don't think he'll be back this season. I think that'll be the end of him now for the season. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I can't see him being able to come back and play any part um, between now and the end of the season. But you never know. I mean, we have to wait until the results come back. Um, it'd be interesting to see if um, you're right. If he if if he does put Burke Burke in, I think Watmore will start. Um, I do think he'll start at QPR. Obviously, he's got to keep Bradshaw in. He hasn't got anyone else. Um, but I don't think it's probably ready to start. Um, Gracie, here's a question for you. Gracie, how do you feel about Fleming playing in the lone striker role where where Bradshaw would be normally and then putting Honeyman in the 10 role and then starting Burke and Watmore? So having kind of like Watmore, Honeyman, Burke with Fleming in that kind of target man sort of position? Well, do you know, I watched Fleming at the weekend, right? And I think over the last few games in particular, I mean, at Cardiff, he was a bit of a, seems so harsh to say, but a bit of a passenger at Cardiff. He didn't see too much from him. Um, he didn't create an awful lot. He didn't, you know, he wasn't involved too much in the attacking play other than that chance he set up for Jamie Shackleton. Um, again, on Saturday, I don't think he did. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. An awful lot. Um, And it would be interesting to see him play that role. And if it is just to give Tom Bradshaw a rest on... And he can put in, because we've got the option of George Honeyman in there, um, who did it at the start of the season. And to be fair to him, he didn't do a bad job in that position. Um, The question is then, yeah, is Burke fit enough to be able to play in the position that that George Honeyman's vacating? 
or do you go with Vogel Summer, or do you go with someone else? Uh, Ente, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, I I wouldn't be adverse to seeing him play that position, um, because there may become the time that he might not have an option, and mm-hmm. if Bradshaw gets injured, for instance. But I think he would take Burt in that op- in that role probably before he'd go off Fleming because Burt's next still got, position is a centre forward. Is it really? He's still got Bury, yeah. haven't he? Bury won't be back to the end of February with his injury. Right. Um, but again, he's another option that could play through the middle. Um, but again, I think he would take the Burt option first. I'm just thinking that coming in, you know, getting February out of the way. I know we've got a lot of games there, but if we can hold our own in February, then coming into March, April, May, with Bury back and having Nessie available and all that, all of a sudden, we've got some fast players in that team. Bury, Burke, Essie, do you know what I mean? Fleming. Well, it will become even more of a counter-attacking team. It will become yeah. even more mm. of that. That's basically what the game plan will be. Yeah. particularly will be to soak up as much pressure as possible and then it'll be to hit them, you know, hit them as fast as you possibly can going forward. Definitely. No, see, it was interesting as well listening to the show what Omar did with um with the Sunderland fan, the Inside Man, which is on YouTube now, or it's um on the podcast with um where you find out about what more. Um it's some part two of that if you've not already listened to it. But it was there where Omar told uh, I'm Omar asked a question about, you know, um, Honeyman, that, you know, we seem to have not got the player what he was at Sunderland, and then stoned me, he come on fire. So, yeah, you know, it's a, it's an interesting show, you know, if you've not already listened to it, have a listen to it. It's on, it's on YouTube, it's on the pod. Um, as I said, it's on the, the, you know, the show about what more. It's part two on there. But again, we are recording tomorrow night, uh, or tonight, if you're listening to it uh, in the morning, um, the QPR game will, will be out um, as a pod Friday morning and out on YouTube from midday on Friday. Um, that will give you a hopefully a nice insight into what we can expect. Um, QPR speaking to the guy earlier from QPR by text, and he said it'll be an interesting show because I'll be able to tell you how shit we are in a minute. Um, but Sod's Law, we go there and they're fucking come on fire. One yeah. win in so, yeah. 15, I believe. And uh, we're not a Millwall fan if you don't think it'll be two wins in six long by the time <laughs> we leave uh, Loftus Road on uh, Saturday night. No, I suppose. And it's my birthday yeah. Sunday, so they're not allowed to muck it up for me. Now, there you go. There we go. Do you know what I mean? We'll have a well, car pop. I've probably got my head punched in by. Uh, there ain't a car park at fucking QBR, is there? It's called fucking South African Road, isn't it? There is no car park at QBR. Not at all. No. No That's so weird. Park. I remember I remember a few years ago we went there and the old Bill fucking marched us right past their fucking home pub and through the estate to get us round to the other side of the stand and it was like, mate, really? That's, that's clever. And then um, I went a couple of years ago I said, I like going to QPR, it's a good little ground. But I went there a couple of years ago and I knew someone who lived next door to their um their manager and uh at the time and he managed to get some um get me some hospitality tickets for there. So me and uh, it reminds me a lot of Luton 
Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, look around, beers, yeah, munching, what a meat. It's quite weird because we're up there eating pies in the in the W twelve bar or the W twelve room, whatever you want to call it. We're eating pies and standing next to us having a conversation with some Stan Bowles, and you're like, oh, so oh, right. wow. the older the <laughs> older people <laughs> probably know more about that. So pies in the hospitality lounge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little pies. They were nice as well. They were like, yeah, they were good pies. But yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah, it's one of the only stadiums. The only moment I've got probably about QBR is fucking a fortune. Is it really? Oh, they do charge oh, £36 pound a ticket. £36 pound a ticket for restricted view. Um, do you know, here's a, here's a fun fact, right? It's the only ground I've been to twice where there's been no fans. What other shit out during COVID times? It's the only ground that do you know, and I've and I've only been there when there's been no fans. You said no fans, so, no fans at all, no home fans either. No, 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 because of COVID. Um, yeah. because I, w- I was lucky enough, I got to go to both the games behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, on work duties, and um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I've been there twice, man. Mm-hmm times there was no fans um i didn't go to the opening game last season long ago so mm. i i didn't make it but no it'll be the first time i've been there with fans um so I, with all the ground isn't it so it'll be quite nice actually to be where uh, to be there it's gonna be full i don't know how many we've sold but we've got both upper and lower tiers so i think we sold Three a fair few mm. is it really nice yeah, it's gonna it's be a good crack there crazy. um there's some good news lads um, Sheffield United have beat Wrexham 3-1 and uh, they basically they've done a Swansea um, Sharp scored in 90, 90 minute plus 4 so 94th minute and uh, and Burge scored in the 96th minute wow so the 94th and the 96th yeah Burnley have won every game so far back that's 9 nine. well not including but it's 8 games in the league they've won Someone on the on the group chat we're on with um with the championships done. I posted it on our group of um, yeah. uh, if the league started since the World Cup, then we'd be uh we'd be tenth. So um I think they're yeah, seventeen so... points clear of third place as well. I mean they I mean they cleared the hurdle. I think they'll be in the Premier League once. Or I don't think anyone's gonna. Oh, it's, I still it's... don't think. I honestly still think they're gonna fuck it. No. Nah, honestly, I, 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 I think Sheffield, Sheffield, I think Sheffield, I mean, that's taken by Middlesbrough. I don't think, I think Sheffield, I've seen that. A clear Sheffield, Sheffield will get overtaken by Middlesbrough. Well, Middlesbrough will definitely be a big, a big sort of challenge for it. Middlesbrough definitely mm-hmm. finishing the playoffs, um, to be honest with you, but I just can't see Burnley or Sheffield United um, slipping up now. Um, go back to the Sunday game very quickly. What do you make of, um, of Cooper's goal? I thought a terrific goal. Yeah. Do you know it's fourteen to one? I have to see because <laughs> from where 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 we sit, um, I didn't get the greatest of viewers in no. in terms of how we got it in because yeah. I thought he had on the floor and it was someone else that got it in. But then I saw him over doing his big celebration in yeah. front of the um, in front of the cold blow lane end, which I must say, I have to say. There was no better sight in football than a packed out cold low lane, and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, that was the camera feels good. Seeing that on soccer, having the whole then filled out, especially the way in, you know, both the top tier and the bottom tier, 
yeah, again, we probably could have been a lot more vocal um, at times. I think, you know, we lost our way a bit more fast in the last... No atmosphere, was there, really? You didn't deserve that spark. There's 18 and a half thousand fans there, which is the record since... Since, since 1995. Well, 1995. Game against yeah. Chelsea and the Chelsea in the FA Cup. Well, there you go. I mean, you, 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 you expect for that... Which went to a replay. Rolling, but it wasn't yeah. like that at all. Didn't feel that way, you know? Um, which is a bit of a shame. But sometimes I think you need the players as well to spark the fans and get them into life. In the old days, when we kind of played the 4-4-2, direct, get, get them at them, aggression, it does kind of, you know, increase the emotions of the fans. But with the style of football we play at the moment, it'd be more of a passing sort of game and, you know, a bit more kind of sitting back. Maybe it doesn't quite get the fans on, on their side as much as it would do uh, normally. But no, I mean, the, the goal was a great goal. I think he sort of scooped it off the floor, didn't he? I think he went to the header, fell yeah, down. he fell over, didn't he? If you want to see that video, it's on our YouTube video recorded from the Jeremy, <laughs> sorry, not the Jeremy Kyle stand, the Colmelo Lane stand. Um, <laughs> It, it's it, yeah. You, you've got Honeyman's. Um, I think it was Honeyman's um, corner. Yeah, laid it in, and then uh, yeah, Cooper scoring. And um, and to be fair, he kind of gets fouled, didn't he, Nicky? From memory, I think. Yeah, he goes up for the header, gets knocked over, he lands on the floor. I think if it doesn't go in, I think it could be a penalty if it doesn't go in. So we will be kind of he's standing for his right foot. And it just goes into the top corner. I mean, it's a great, a great finish and a great improvisation from him. Um, quick question: What did you make of their goal? Is it Kirk Kirchin or Searching? I can't remember. Searching, Searching, Searching. Who do you I, think was at fault for that goal? See now, for me, I don't think he saves it either way because where because where the header goes in off the post, um, I don't think Long saves it either way. Oh, oh no! You, you're right. You're right. You're right. It says it's a great finish, and it's not going to keep. I think if he comes out, yes. If he comes out, he's got to claim it. That's the point. I mean, he comes out. If he comes out, he's got to claim it. If he stays yeah. on his line, I mean, there's a chance it could probably go in anyway because it's there's a. It, yeah. it right like since that call, that post is very hard to get down there. I think that's what Gary said in the um, in the press conference. He was. Yeah. He said, "Look, I think at the end of the day, look, yeah." If the keeper comes out, he should claim it. But yeah. the likelihood is, even if he hadn't come out, it was going to go in either yeah. way. So it's a difficult one because where you know it's pretty much going to go in, you've got a bit of saving grace for the goalkeeper. Um, Quick question: see, Wrestling. Would, would he Bart, gave a great punch to there? the uh, to would, the thing. Would, would, would Bart got there? Do you think? In your in your opinion? Would Bart have got there? Would he punched the ball out or grabbed the ball? Would you have done better in that situation, you say? Joe, I think it's difficult. If you look at such how high the line was when the ball came in in the first place, I think that was wrong. I think it was. I think the line was far too high. Um, does Bart get to it? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, Bart, I, again, I don't think he's the greatest at coming out and claiming the ball necessarily. Um, it, his movement's not the best, but in terms of shot stopping, yeah, he's brilliant. Um, and that's where he's got the edge on Long. But I think Long as the keeper overall is probably an all as an all round goalkeeper is probably better. Um, it's 
it's so hard to say. Um, I don't know as to whether he would have got it or not. Um, it's clear that he's gone to get the ball and he's ended up punching the guy um, instead. So he thought, well, how dare you score like, against like me because you're getting a right hook instead. The bad guys are passionate, doesn't he, at that point? He did. He did yeah, whack yeah. him though, didn't he? Fuck, you know, you've seen some of the pictures. Yeah, yeah. it was half a whack. Yeah, yeah, it was lucky. There. I have to, I have to throw in, by the way, those listening, um, one of the historians. If you're listening, Neil, maybe you can check it out. But on Saturday, we had the attendance of eighteen thousand five hundred and twenty-four fans, and they said that's the most. That's the most we've had since ninety-five. That, that's the, the largest record now since it was previously set in 1995. Well, yeah, well, 1995, yeah, well, 1995, we had 18,573 people in the figures I've seen now were a, a, a link for the attendance for the Chelsea game because that that season we Slightly we had two replays. We had two replays. Yeah, Arsenal were playing. Yeah, yeah we but played Arsenal at home. Could they and they had seventeen thousand since that game. Therefore, that game ninety five was slightly higher, and this has been the biggest one since that was second. No, they were. I don't know. They said it's it was a largest. Attendance. It was eighteen thousand five hundred and twenty four was Saturday's attendance. Yeah, well, against Chelsea on the 18th of January 1995 was 18,573. Yeah, so that's the highest attendance since then. So, yeah, so the game we had Saturday was the highest attendance since that game. So, he's right, okay. So, it's not a new record. So, it's not a new record. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, No, it's just the highest attendance. Since that, Since I just thought, game. yeah, right, yeah, 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 because which I believe it was just when well, you think about it, with the dials and, so, and they were thinking it could be the top three that this attendance certainly could have been the within the top three in the den ever. Uh, yeah, but that's a weird one to do because I mean, think about it realistically. I know that probably the advantage was, um, I think probably the away fans because there was what just about two thousand eight hundred or two five just over two thousand eight hundred yeah. away fans because they'd done what yeah. top and bottom tier, and they could have got more in there because I think each stand if it was if it was fully open is about five thousand per stand. But the thing called rough bottom weren't weren't open, were they? They kind of can no, they they keep that shut so that people don't interfere as such. But yeah, I would have thought the Huddersfield game we had a lot in. Probably not on the away fans because obviously we didn't have them. The the Everton game again, we probably wouldn't have had a lot there because Everton we wouldn't have had a lot for Everton. But also, also the Leicester game, I would have thought we we possibly had more for the Leicester game. The Brian game was did Leicester did Leicester was it? I think Brian had two teams, didn't they, for that game from memory? I'm pretty sure they. I, no, I don't know. no, they didn't. I think Leicester did, but Brighton didn't. Um, Leicester did, Brighton didn't. Because um, I'm trying to think back to... Because I think the Leicester attendance was, was 17,000, I think. 
I don't think right. he quite breached the 18 mark. I think it was 17,000. Yeah, well, Arsenal, uh, when we played Arsenal in that year, we only had 17,000, 17,718, 17, I think it says. Let me have a look. There's a game we played 17,000 years ago that had 18,000. Um, yeah. I can't remember when that was, but that had 18,000. Because uh, it then actually is a 22,500 stadium. Is it really that much? It's yeah, it's good. now. I think it's about eighteen. It's about nineteen thousand. Nineteen half, I think, isn't it? Yeah, but it's yeah. I think it's twenty two and a half thousand if you had every seat taken. But right. because obviously they never ever fill every seat because of safety and crowds and all of that. Then I think it's round about eighteen and a half thousand, isn't it? Okay. Because you obviously you taking some other bits and pieces and stuff, and I think it's about eighteen and a half. Um, yeah. But you still, there's still a lot of people, mate, to to be in a den. It's just a it's shame that we can't get that week in, week out. Well, that's right. Yeah. Do you know? Gary alluded to that in the press conference. He said it'd be, you know, he'd love it to be like that. Well, he'd love it to be like that because it makes such a difference. You have, you know, four thousand more, five thousand more fans in there, and look, because you've got the opportunity while. While you're in the championship, you've got the opportunity of the away sides bringing more followings if it's allowed to happen. I mean, you've seen yeah. a number of teams this year have had the bottom tier rather than rather than the top tier. Yeah, but um, I think I, I think some of that. Yeah, but the reasons I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the sense to do with the steep that's happening, which is well, it's quite weird because obviously I sit on a championship group and we finish up in a sec, but we do this bit, but. There seems to be a a drive between every club that are using the safety rule and people standing on seats, potentially people falling forward when we, you know, when the team scores and all this sort of stuff that they're trying to force because it's happened at Sheffield United, it's happened at a couple of other clubs where they're literally trying to, you know, smaller the crowds um, down, whether that be home ends or away ends. Because I think they, whatever they do. On the away end, on the north end, they do they they pretty much have got to look at it on the on the Coldplay Lane end as well because it's still the same steepness, um, you know, and they're trying to force people out of the alley, out of the aisles, and and all of that. But I think it's more crowd than than club driven um, because of such. I think they're looking at trying to sort something for next season, aren't they, to try and um, either to sort whatever that safety issue is out because I remember one of Steve Kavanagh's columns um, back at the start of the season uh, was when it first was mentioned about the fans being in the bottom tier of the away end um, as to whether or as to why that it was happening was to do with the ground safety or something so yeah, I think it's a, it's a safety advisory I think they will try and do sadly to sort something out because that bottom tier is wasted. I mean, what's the point of having it? The problem, the problem being, you don't do it all with it. The problem being, it will cost a fair amount of money if they were to to change that uh, away fan at the top, home fans at the bottom, because it's all mixed at the back. There's only yeah. one lot of kiosks and everything else. So the kiosks are all top tier, aren't they? I think they're all bottom tier. But there's one kiosk for the lot. So it'll be. If you're listening to this walking a dog with earphones, fucking Joe's coming for you now. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but listen, brother, on the last home game of last season where they had him mixed, you know, they had a waste of home fans in it. You couldn't do that uh, with Everton, could you? What? Yeah, but they could find a way to make it work. A lot of Premier League grounds, or in fact, a lot of Championship grounds have split ends. Yeah, you know, probably we've got as well. We said safe standing. Safe standing would be ideal in Millwall, but the problem you've got is that we were a, an all-seater stadium, so to transfer it into a safe standing would potentially have issues because the concrete's only so wide for seeing, and you know how tight he is there when you sit there. If you've got fairly big legs or you've got someone who's fucking about eight foot tall standing behind you, then it's in. I mean, you know, it is what it is, I suppose, um, but not a lot. I, I, I will... I sat, I, I sit on the uh, on the top tier, right at the front by the wall, and where I'm quite sort of tall myself, if I stand up, the wall sort of gets just above my knee. And you do get a sense of feeling, if you, if you lean over too much, you think, you know what, if that's yeah, a yeah. it's just me all You're going to be in Cardiff. going to be in Cardiff, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, the Cardiff. Yeah, that's funny, that was. Yeah. Well, the Cardiff fan fell, landed on the chairs. The police thought he was dead, so started to try and do CPR. And the fall cost him a broken finger, and the old bill cost him a couple of broken ribs. I think that's that's <laughs> allegedly the story. But we're, <laughs> we're safe. <at. clears throat> um, I need this one before I come to your final thoughts. And it was one thing, obviously. I don't know if you boys know, but I used to be found on the board, and it was something what was um, never. What it was? Oh, oh, it's never. that one. Seriously. I don't like talking about. It. Do you know? Actually, do you know? Seriously, right? I was speaking to I was speaking to a fan today. Yeah, a fella today. Here, I know, right? And um, and I'm not going to mention your name, but you, you're probably listening. You know you are. And uh, oh, John. hello, no, no, <laughs> he he didn't even know that I was standing on the board at one point, and he didn't even know that um, I was involved in AMS um, doing the the regen battle. Didn't know. He but that's probably he probably no, he's not new, but he's been around for a while. But yeah, that was one that that quite shocked me because I went, oh, did you not know that? But no, listen. Um, no. One thing will come to light. There was uh, obviously Steve Cavanaugh is quite a boxing fan, and I think he's tried to look at various boxing matches over the time. Okay. But if we take a boxing match, we have a higher capacity in the ground, including the seating on the on the pitch, than the O2 does. Okay, that's interesting. I think we have a higher capacity with the ground as well. Yeah, with the ground. With the seats and all that round the round the ring and taking the stadium, we we pretty much have a higher capacity. I think it's close to twenty thousand, and I think the O2 is about eighteen. That um, that we have a higher capacity as well. I think it is more, but I can't remember. That, but it is more than the O2. Um, but obviously, it depends when you're going to do a when you're going to do a fight. It'd have to be quite warm, wouldn't it? Because I know I think he looked at a Chris Eubank fight a couple of years ago. Um, but it'd be great to get some of the, yeah, it'd be great to get you know a couple of the Millwall boys boxers, um, like Chris, or you know a couple of the other lads get a, you know a good card with some of them at the den. That would be phenomenal. Wasn't, wasn't That's what the den was allegedly done. Yeah, years ago, Herbie Hind. When it was Herbie Hind, Herbie Hind against Bent, Ruckle Bent, wasn't it? I think. I think it was actually. Yeah, it was. I yeah. think it was. I can't remember. But yeah, someone will know if you know. Get involved in the comments. Um, right, you know the way this ends. We're nearly there. Sixty minutes. Joe, any final any final words? Um, apart from please don't hit me, Vogslammer. Yes, Vogslammer. 
uh, I love you. And uh, I'm sure you will score for us uh, one day. Um, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I'm row it. Um, yeah, just make too many changes. Obviously, the obvious one would be what more coming over for Bennett. Yeah, I, I hate to see Honeyman lose out. I like to see, you know, Burke sort of feature somehow. But if he starts with Bradshaw again, which is fine, hopefully he'll bring Burke on a lot, uh, a lot sooner. Um, but I think we've got a good chance of getting, getting all the points. I think we're set up for a, a counter-attack. We, we do play quite well away from home. We haven't played quite well away from home at the moment. I think with the likes of Burke and Watmore and a bit of pace in the team now, we should hopefully um, get these result against them on Saturday. So fingers crossed. Hopefully um, we, we'll get Prediction. Get Sorry, mate. Prediction. I uh, didn't share. I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for 2-0. 2-0. Millwall. Fox Lammer and Fox Lammer and Fleming to score oh, in the ball summer. It'll probably be uh, I reckon Watmore get one. Watmore and Fleming, I reckon. Okay. Alex, okay. final thought. What's your um your thoughts for QBR and give us a prediction then? Yeah, look, I don't think he'll make too many changes. Um I I agree with Joe. I think he will put Duncan Watmore in. I think that's the that's the obvious change. Um, I think he'll stick with Bradshaw again. I don't think he's got... Personally, I don't think he's got another choice. I think he'll stick with Bradders. Um, and yeah, I'm also going to be quite confident going into QPR. Um, one win in 15 going into the game. Uh, um, so there's a bit of pressure coming there, I think, on on their new manager as well. Um, they've kept some of their key players haven't been quiet or have been quiet. Like the ones that were decent at the den back in I think it was September when they come and played. Um, I'm going to go for yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with Joe. I'm going to go over two 0 win. Um, I fancy Bradshaw and George Savile to score. Okay, those shirts on the back of uh, Joe there on his wall there. Uh, Savile shirt is there. There we go. Um, right, that's it. You'll be listening. I'd love to know if you want to give me five grand for it, by the way. Well, they will want to give me five grand for it, but I thought I'd just aim high, you know. <laughs> Do you know what? It'd be <laughs> fucked if someone <laughs> covered in this year. I'll give Man, you five grand. He would. He, 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 he would. I'll give you 50 pence now. Listen, uh, <laughs> you've been listening to that real podcast, and thank you very much. Um, and thank you very much to all the new listeners uh, who've been finding us and uh, and coming in and downloading the shows. Um, for the last three weeks, we've beat week-on-week records, and it's an absolute honour and, and, and very, very humbling. We do this because we just want to have a laugh and a chat with the lads, and, and it's a, a good bit of banner, um, and we talk bollocks most of the time, but we just started this many years ago, me, many moons ago now, me and Omar, um just because we missed the pub banter after the game and before game and stuff. And we started it with a Friday night live and all that. And, um, and we're getting close now to 300 episodes, believe it or not, which is mental. Um, but yeah, week on week, we are smashing, um, our records, what we've had for listeners and downloads. And that's a massive thank you to, to you lot who are listening, um, on your dog walk in the gym, on the CrossFit, the, the exercise bike, you're, you're running, you drive into work, 
delivering milk, delivering whatever you're doing. Um, thank you very, very much for your support um, week in, week out with us and hopefully that we bring you um, some form of enjoyment, shouting at the radio, uh, disagreeing with Joe, disagreeing with me, disagreeing with Alex. Um, so, yeah, thank you very, very much. Um, truly humbling to, to see us uh, growing like that for a, a little old show. But we're there and we're getting there, so thank you very much. Um, Can you play just one down with Mickey? I'll, I'll, I will put Hey Judy in a minute for you. Don't panic. Thanks. But um, just one other thing, because he's gone very, very quiet and I don't necessarily agree that it's suddenly gone very, very quiet. If you're still waiting um, for any news on these memorial stones um, or you've paid for these and it's gone very, very silent, um, get in touch, drop us a DM, drop us an email at info at that mill podcast, just put in the, uh, in the subject bar, memorial stone, um, and, uh, and maybe, you know, we've got a bit of a voice and, uh, and I can stand my foot as good as the others and, uh, and let's see if we can get something moving on this because I don't agree with people putting their head in the stand when, uh, memorial stones are not just about money, they're about people. Um, people have paid good money to, to, you know, remember loved ones and, and, and people who sadly aren't here no more. So if you are involved in that or you, you've been affected by that, where you paid and whatnot, get in touch. Uh, I just want to see if, uh, you know, what sort of numbers are around there. And, uh, and maybe I need to call the AMS guy, the money guy out of, uh, retirement for us and, uh, and get him to dig into this fucking scumbag company. Um, and uh, and see what we can do there. Um, don't worry, he's on a retainer. Um, just in case we need to bring him out of, uh, out of retirement. So don't panic there. I know Nick's doing it on his show, um, but I'm just keen because Nick's obviously paid for one as well. Um, him and him and the history show have paid for one of our ex managers, I think. But nothing great. I'm not promising the world with it, but just let us know what's what. And, and you know, if we can help try and make it a bit more vocal again. Um, then we will. We've got a voice. Um, we can make a bit of noise with it. So, yeah. That's it from us. Um, chill out. Got QPR at the weekend. Before that game, you will have Omar doing the Inside Man with the W12 podcast. And hopefully that will be a good listen and we get some insight into there. So, that's it. The Mill podcast is over for another episode. Did want to go to 60 minutes, but thanks to Alex. Um, we've gone over, and me, and we've gone over. So, uh, yeah, follow us. Make sure if you listen to us on iTunes or um, iTunes or Apple Podcast or Spotify, make sure now, especially on Apple, that you've got a follow button, and every new episode what we do will come straight into your inbox so you don't have to search for it anymore. Um, that's it. Right now, after this, you're going to hear Hey Jude, just for Joe.
days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.